0: Hey there, Tribe. Welcome back to the Dark Side of the Human Condition. If you're new here, my tribal name is Freya, and I'll be your host as we dive deep into the abyss on a weekly basis. It's my hope that here you're going to find some answers to many questions relating to that shadow side of our lives. What it is and how do we learn to incorporate it into our lives on a level that we can not only understand and acknowledge it and use these experiences in a constructive way to enhance our lives going forward. So, with that, I invite you each week to find your tribe here at our new home on Podbean.com or wherever you get your podcast fix on. And for more information, you can also find us at our website at tdsothc.com. Let's explore together and find some of those elusive answers to some of our many dark human conditions and concerns and as always I hope you find your tribe here and you're able to listen with an open mind and an open heart because as I said in our last episode this week we'll be taking a look at the state of the world today and especially uh, the issues in America You know, what's really going on? How did we wind up in what's looking more and more like a dystopian world? When, if ever, will we get back to our normal lives? But before we dive in deep, uh, let me reiterate just one more time that this podcast is not for the faint of heart or those who deny the fact that we are living in a very precarious times and in dire need of communication and comprehension and less cognitive dissonance. If you don't know what that is, grab that dictionary. It's not good. Nor is it intended for those who believe in the cancel culture, because I'm not here to appease anyone. These are my thoughts and my opinions, unless I add a guest, then of course that's their thoughts and their opinions and if you're triggered easily this is your spoiler alert to enter at your own discretion this platform is here to enlighten inspire and cause you to consider all of the variables on topics we'll be covering going forward so if that's not something that you're able to get on board with i'm cool with that there's thousands of other podcasts that you can check out, or even better, start your own podcast. If I haven't scared you away, let's dive in. Let me start by saying that 2020, in my mind at least, was supposed to be an awesome year, a new decade with a clean slate, if you will. And we all know it wasn't. So yes, although the craziness and chaos was worldwide, my focus at this moment is going to be on America because that is my home country. But I'll speak on some global issues as well. But for the moment, we who live in America these last four years under the Trump administration, we've had four years of peace, no wars very healthy and strong economy. As in four years without wars, financially better off than we had been in a long time, better off than this nation had seen in many years, and especially better than the prior administration, where it seemed that under President Obama, He was hell-bent on bringing America to her knees, and actually almost succeeded, really. And you can do your own research, and if you don't understand what I'm referring to, as it's all out there, documented, in plain view, for the world to see. So as I was saying, in the past four years, we had record-low unemployment, meaning if you really wanted to work, there was ample opportunities. Lower tax rates for everyone, not just the wealthy, a reduction in health care and subscription prices, a major overhaul of our veterans administration, and a serious rebuilding of our military, just to name a few. And then the pandemic hit. The entire world was not only shut down, but turned upside down. It seems that it's not a right or wrong uh, issue. It's not left or right. It's not Republican versus Democrat. But in the beginning, I was, like most people, scared of what that meant, a pandemic. I don't know that I've ever been through anything like that in my life. Most of us haven't. What was happening? I mean, what did all of this virus info that was coming at us mean for our financial futures, our family's health? It was only supposed to be two weeks of lockdown to flatten the curve, right? Then six weeks, six months, a year later, and it's still going on and on and on. A year later, we're still being told that the virus is still among us. And in some areas of the world, it has mutated and become a more deadlier strain. And back with a vengeance. Wear a mask. Then masks don't work. No weight. Maybe wear several masks. Really? What happened to the regular flu? I keep asking that. Now, understand when I say that I do believe that there is something or was something going around in the beginning, but there's always been viruses going around the world since before humans came into existence. And yes, Corona's too. It's in the common cold. So in fact, we all have germs and viruses around us every day of our lives. People have died. And as tragic as that will continue, people will continue to die every day, every single day, until the end of time from viruses, diseases, accidents, and yet we have never shut down the world economy for anything. Not even in 1918, when the Spanish flu killed what appears to be uh, experts believe between 50 and 100 million people. We're nowhere even close to that. But yet we're still shut down. Why? More than two thirds of the people that died uh, in that Spanish flu was in a single 10 week period in the autumn of 1918. 10 weeks. Never have so many died so swiftly from a single disease. And in the United States alone, it killed more than 675,000 people in about a year. The same number of people who died of AIDS in nearly 40 years. It has always been a survival of the fittest kind of world, in my opinion. Whether they're animal, plant, Whatever. The problem I see is that we were given so much information constantly, so it became overwhelming. And then, when the information just kept coming and wasn't matching up with what we could see with our own eyes, many people globally started to ask questions. Questions like, why are the hospitals being reported? as so overwhelmed, but yet they appeared to be so empty. We were told by those in charge of the medical fields that the hospitals were empty and they were laying off many staff. Those medical professionals who tried to speak up and tell the world what was really going on or how one could safely and effectively combat the virus, with more healthy approaches to maintaining their immune system, were eventually silenced by their employers, the media, and social media platforms. My question again is why? Medicines that have been around for years that seem to work suddenly became illegal to use. Why? Again, what happened to the regular flu illness and deaths in general? Rumors became rampant about the hospitals getting more money for every claim of death by the COVID virus. More money for the hospitals if you were put on a ventilator. Why? And on and on and on, we go through the nightmare. Then we're told that we can't be with our loved ones in the hospital many died alone, or have a funeral, a wedding, visit our elderly in the nursing homes, can't open our businesses, stay six feet apart from everyone, wear a mask, aka muzzle, in my opinion. My question has always been, if it's so bad, why aren't we seeing people dropping over in the streets? why are we still locked down for a virus that has a 99.9% recovery rate according to the CDC I mean they've said that it's on their website check it out fact check it why is there a mad rush and a push for the entire world to take a vaccine that hasn't been around very long or tested very long um I was wondering, you know, how could it have been developed and approved in less than a year when prior VACs have taken many years of testing? Is it true what some professionals have said, that there's a DNA modifier in it? Now, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but this is coming from medical people, you know, who know what this is and work with it and a lot of them have decided they're not taking it and if it's true and there is a modifier in it what's the reason for this and if it doesn't prevent illness like they're saying on the cdc um what about the risks and the possible adverse reactions and possible deaths that may occur I have read the ingredients in this and many other vaccines and can tell you one thing, I'll take my chances with a virus because I take good care of my immune system and I have been severely injured by antibiotics, Cipro. Um, I had taken it over 20 months ago, only two doses to heal from a ear infection. And I'm actually still healing because it blew up in my body. And I'm still healing, but get an occasional flare-up here and there of inflammation in the joints. Uh, or if I overdo it, so it will probably be a lifelong situation. I've watched friends and family members severely affected or even die from adverse reactions of pharmaceuticals, so... No, thank you. Now you can do as you like, of course, as in if you're a person who wants to take the jab or meds, that's always your option. But all I ever ask is that people do their research because I'll let you in on a little dark secret. Mm -hmm. And I need you to hear this and let it resonate. You cannot sue vaccine manufacturers for injury or death. Listen to that again. You cannot sue vax manufacturers for injury or death. Why you ask? Well in the 1970s and 80s, drug manufacturers paid out millions of dollars to plaintiffs in hundreds of vaccine related injury lawsuits litigation was so complex and expensive because of how difficult it is to show epidemiological cause and effect in these cases. But in 1986 that all changed when the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act was passed. Congress passed this law to protect van- vaccine manufacturers from being sued in civil personal injury. And wrongful death lawsuits resulting from vaccine injury do your research it's out there not telling you anything that can't be documented so that being the case there is one alternative remedy but some question is it really worth it and it's called the vaccine injury compensation program the no-fault compensation program was Created as its own court to compensate those who claim to have suffered side effects caused by vaccines. Since the program was created in the late 1980s, it has paid out over $4 billion to those who said they were harmed by vaccines. And the average payment per injured party from 2013 to 2017 was about $430,000 with an average of $229 per year in total. My question is this. Why would anyone risk their life or family member's life knowing what we know about what some have called the drug nation and the tragedies that may happen? Again, I ask, why do the powers that be want the entire world vaccinated for a virus that has a 99.9% recovery rate we've already been told by the CDC that the vax won't work to prevent you from getting the virus nor stop the spreading and that social distancing and masks are still needed so again why do we need the jab are you willing to risk it when we've been told nothing changes Think about it and come to your own conclusions. Only bringing the truth your way. Got a little distracted, but the major part of uh, what has brought us to where we are today, where exactly is that, you might be wondering. Well, for one, I've decided that I'm so aware of this issue, and it has many branches indeed. I'm about to take you down a deep into the abyss, the rabbit hole, if you will. So hold on, because it's about to get really real, really fast. A little story time here for you. When I was growing up many years ago, my dad was always planting little seeds. No, not the real kind. He wasn't a farmer, but the mental seeds. He was the smartest man I've ever known. Even though he only had made it to the 8th grade before he ran off and joined the army, being that both of his parents were by then deceased, and he was living in a group home. And he made the choice to run away at 17 and join the military. At that time, we didn't have internet. And you could definitely do more than you can today, as documents were all on paper and more time consuming to uh, the clerks, and especially when there was a war going on. My dad was in what, what they called the Cold War, or I'm sorry, the Korean War, in the army. And a lot of times he said they looked the other way for new recruits. And if you were too young at the moment, If you were just on the borderline of becoming 18, they'd let you in. So he was 17 when he enlisted in the army. He never stopped reading everything he could get his hands on, from history to literature, staying current on things going on in the world as much as possible, you know, newspapers, things like that. He was trained to be a vehicle mechanic in the army, and he also learned about Uh, the functions of electronics he was a different kind of man he was an observer of how the world worked and how people really were in this world and he had no patience for liars cheats and thieves I remember one day I had gone to the store with him and later when he got home he counted his change and realized the cashier had given him 45 cents too much So he got in his car to go back to the store to return the money. And I had said to him, Dad, it's 45 cents. It'll cost you more in gas to return the change. And his answer to me was, her cash drawer will be short and she'll have to make that money. You know, make the money up by putting it in the drawer out of her own pocket. And he said, and it's the right thing to do. I was amazed at such integrity and honesty and something that seemed so insignificant at the time for most people including myself and it was at that very moment that I realized that I wanted to be just like him and over the years we had so many long conversations about life and so many other topics that once he passed away in 2010 I was crushed and I realized that all of those conversations we'd had, they were setting me up for what was to come down the road. It was in 2012 that I was having a conversation with a client of mine at a little salon that I had owned. And this particular customer was in her late 20s and would usually spend a few moments chatting with me after her appointment before she'd leave. We talked a lot about current events and her perspectives as to what she thought about as to the world and our future, as in where society was heading. If we remained on the current path, and on a particular day, she was talking about things that were eerily familiar, things I used to talk about with my dad. And it was at that very moment that my third eye opened and all those seeds that he had planted sprouted into full bloom. All I wanted to do that day was call my dad and ask him so many new questions. But unfortunately, that could never happen again. It was then that I started my journey for truth, the truth about how the world really works how sometimes the people closest to you can become your biggest foe, given the right circumstances, and how sometimes a stranger on the street with little to give might be the one who would give you the shirt off their back if you needed it. From our enslavement as a society to the powers that be, how the banking system really works, pharmaceutical addictions and injuries our politics, blood money and on and on. It's been a scary and eye-opening journey so far but I've realized that once you awaken to the truth of our realities, you can't go back to sleep. It's like that old saying you can't go home and that's so true With every new uh, perception being deeper than the last, and more delusions unveiled, the smaller your circle becomes. The phrase conspiracy theorist comes to mind, but as you continue to seek the truth, you realize that that's just a term that was created by the ones engaged in the conspiracies to make you back off and stop looking at their evil deeds and exposing their truths. I believe the entire world's eyes were open wide recently when we witnessed the 2020 American presidential election. Now, before you come at me with a narrative that it was all fair and legitimate, above board, just let me ask you one question. If it was um, some protest all above board, Look at the actual number of registered voters in America. That would be 144 million registered voters. And if everyone who is registered voted, which they don't and didn't, and Trump received 75 million, as the records would reflect now. How many does that leave for the other guy? You're welcome to believe what you want, of course, but for me, and many others. That's just the beginning and the end of the debate, as far as I'm concerned. Now, the recent Time magazine came out with an article that basically states that the Democrats admit to, and I quote, a well-funded cabal of powerful people, ranging across industries and ideologies, working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. They were not rigging the election, they were fortifying it, and they believe the public needs to understand the system's fragility in order to ensure that democracy in America endures, unquote. What the hell does that mean? Sounds suspect to me, and I'm sure to millions of other Americans as well. Kinda like putting it right in our faces. With that said, our nation has probably never been so divided since maybe the Civil War, or the more recent, prior administration. And we all know how that turned out. You see, it's not about the right versus the left, Republican versus Democrat, but about politics as usual. It's about the government regaining control of the people once and for all, and they will do it at any cost. If they have to lie, cheat, steal, and even, yes, kill for the power, it's not beneath them. It's what's referred to as above the law. My dad had told me years ago that all wars are for profit, and we are only cannon fodder. And what the other country has, such as oil, minerals, etc., that the aggressive country may want to take from them, it's all part of the game. He also said that these endless wars are also funded by both sides, by the big bankers. And that's true, too. So we send our children off to fight these rich men's wars, always started by lies to the people to get them behind their military enforcement. Many return home maimed or in a casket for their dedication to their country, never really knowing the truth of why they are there or were there. Just look at all the people have been rising up all around the world just in the past year alone. The people have been doing their research during this quarantine downtime and have been waking up to the truth of what's been going on, not only with the pandemic, but after seeing that it has not turned out to be what, you know, what was originally projected, that there would be millions dead, and the government and the medical scientific leaders are kind of backtracking at this point but still wear that mask you know people have realized that it's not about us the people of the country or the world for that matter as evident with all the riots the looting the protest that we've endured in just the past year alone it's been going on for years but more so this past year. Everybody's on edge, right? And it's still going on. I find myself thinking about the children. What must they be thinking when all they've witnessed in this past year is fear, chaos, destruction at every turn? What long-term psychological damages are they being subjected to? I mean, that's our future generation coming up, right? Right? Are they gonna do the same is this just gonna like be forever the way we live now untrusting um, you know most have been out of the classroom you know most children for a year now and many have fallen so far behind as parents are not teachers yet the cheap teachers who still you know get their paycheck from our dollars are resisting a lot of them to get back in the classroom when it's already been stated by the CDC and medical people that children are the least likely to get the virus. The few schools that have been opened you know that their doors were open during this time they have the children isolated. I was talking to a friend who said their child is in the same room all day with a mask on and a shield and a shield around the desk. I mean, come on, really? So, (laughs) I just don't get it. Children's immune system have no way of strengthening if we continue to put them in a bubble. I mean, like the movie, The Bubble Boy, right? So is that everyone now? I find myself, like many others, wanting to scream, can we just stop all of this insanity already? And that coming from a person like myself, who's educated and awake to what the real endgame is all about. I can't imagine what it must seem like to those who are still asleep. So what have we learned through all of this craziness, forever known as 2020? Where are we heading moving forward? We've learned that even though the darkest times, times we feel we can't go on another moment, those moments that we just can't find the answers to the questions that we never thought we'd ask. Let me tell you that you've made it this far. You are stronger than you know. We have made it through the unimaginable so far. This moment in time is just a moment. Sad as it was, tragic as it was, it was just a moment. This moment in time, uh, unless we're willing to just lay down and die, we must keep moving forward. How, you ask? Well, first I believe that we cut away from things that know our triggers first and foremost such as mainstream news that's really just trying to scare people all the time and all the media options that only show the virtue signaling the fear mongering that keeps you afraid and unstable in your thoughts second surround yourself with like-minded and supportive people who get it third Take time to find ways to decompress. As we decompress from these um, daily negative energies that are coming at you, take a yoga class, meditate, go for a walk, get a massage, adopt a pet, as that will give you comfort and companionship and the sense of having a living being that needs you. Start a business or a project that you've been wanting to start to keep you mentally sharp and a sense of accomplishment by doing something to better your circumstances and and your environment. Most of all, reach out to someone you trust someone you miss and by all means don't get stuck in the hibernation. It's easy to do. We're all social social creatures, and as I've stated before, we need to stay connected to humanity. Or we'll surely fade away into loneliness and despair. And nobody wants that. So as we come to the end of the show today, let's meditate on a message that I found from a few years ago it's uh by roger waters of all people and it's called is this the life we want and it's also featuring music by co.ag i'll make sure to put a note in the link to it in the show notes so let's take a listen shall we
1: The concept of an average guy is patently absurd. There's too much differential in the herd. Just look at Bush and Cheney, then look at you and me. It's like comparing Shakespeare to reality TV. Is this the life we really want? Being murdered by these clowns, our children crushed in rubble? Are we deafened by the sound of media mouths all moving in apparent unity, spewing out the mantra of the free? Free to plan the Neo land, safe in their bomb-proof lairs. Free to send our sons to war. Our sons, of course, not theirs. Free to burn and pillage, to fill the family vault. Free to claim it's dog-eat-dog and really not their fault. Fear drives the mills of modern man. Fear keeps us all in line. Fear of all those foreigners. Fear of all their crimes. Is this the life we really want? It surely must be so, for this is a democracy and what we all say goes. We all say, kill Bin Laden, kill Saddam Hussein, kill anyone collateral that might get in the way, kill all the dogs and shopkeepers, kill all the coppersmiths, kill everyone who chooses to be on the evil list, kill everyone who doesn't want to be our acolyte, kill everyone who disagrees that what we say is right. It's going to cost us trillions, already has in fact, but no price is too heavy to keep the faith intact because we believe in freedom, human rights for everyone. Well, everyone, that is, except the ones we need to bomb. And if some of them are children and seem a bit forlorn, it's not our fault. They should have chosen somewhere different to be born. Anyway, I'm sure they'll all agree it's a success when we've killed all the insurgents and tidied up the mess. Even though they may be crippled or rotting underground, they'll be happy when democracy is the only game in town. They can help to build our bases. They can wash our fancy cars. They can service all our carnal needs and pick up joints and bars. Against their religion, pfft, their religion's wrong. I'm sure they'll get the hang of it. Catch on before too long. Then they can all watch baseball. They can build a Disneyland, eat pizza and McDonald's, drink bourbon, start a band. I know, I know, no alcohol. The towel heads don't drink. What the fuck, they'll soon get used to it will teach them how to drink. I digress. I'm sorry, what was my train of thought? Oh yes, now I remember. Is this what we all ought to be devoting our resources to? To spread this rotten creed, teaching their dead children avarice and greed. Was it Truman Capote who famously railed? It's not enough that I succeed. I need others to fail. Is that the life we really want? To set ourselves at odds with every other species, not to mention other gods i don't think so in general my experience has been that ordinary americans when asked to cite their dream conjure an existence where they can raise their kids without the chafe of blowing other people's kids to bits is it my imagination is it too much to suggest that their leaders over there and our leaders in the west are driven not by trying to achieve peace in our time, but by something else, by something altogether less sublime. Call me a cynic, but it sometimes seems to me that some of them are more attached to power than to peace. Just supposing for a moment that they're in it for the cash, that they're looking out for number one, building up their stash. What better way to divert the attentions of the poor than an axis of evil and a good old-fashioned war? It's like Economics 101, as every schoolboy knows, war is good for business and diverts us from our woes. It's so unpatriotic to complain about our lot when our brave boys are out there in the desert getting shot. Imagine if the money that we're spending on the war was used instead to rebuild dikes and help rehouse the poor to research cures for cancer and fund institutes to delve into ways of helping people less well-off than ourselves to secure our docks and airports and our power stations to prevent the disaffected in our own and other nations from expressing their attachment to some vengeful deity in self-immolation, immolating you and me. Or is it power that gets them? Being able to decide how to divvy up the cake, who should live, who should die, to have at their disposal all those sexy tanks and planes got you, no, I got you first, reliving boyhood games. Why don't we just stop them? Why don't we get tough, take to the streets in millions, say enough is enough? Why? Why? It's obvious, because actually we, that's you and me, that's all of us, because actually we, All the blacks and all the whites, Chicanos, Asians, every type of ethnic group, even folks from Guadeloupe, the old, the young, the toothless hags, the supermodels, actors, fags, football stars, men in bars, washerwomen, tailors, tarts, grannies, grandpas, uncles, aunts, friends, relations, homeless tramps, clerics, truckers, cleaners, ants, maybe not ants because it's true that ants don't have enough IQ to differentiate between the pain that other people feel and, well, for instance, cutting leaves or crawling across windowsills in search of open, treacle tins. So like the ants, are we just dumb? Is that why we don't feel or see? Or are we really just numbed out on reality TV? So every time, every time, The roadside mine, the guided bomb, the ricochet, the gatling gun, the tomahawk, the phantom mirage, RF-scorp, the IED, the false the cluster bomb with fries to go. Every time, the curtain falls on some forgotten foreign life. Rest assured, it is because we did nothing to prevent our masters, dedicated as they are, not to protection of the weak, not to democracy, that we, did nothing to prevent their headlong dash to maximize the bottom line. So what, if anything, to do? Well, understand that every day, in many small but central ways, we get to choose enslavement to the bottom line, with all that that implies—doggy, dog, dog goddy, god. Did I mention freedom fries? Anyway, we get to choose, or so we're all led to believe, well now in 2008, election year, who knows? It may well be too late, but just suppose, just suppose, if we all vote and we can start to bridge the gap between what we all have become and what we all just might have been, the gap between the blind and blinkered great unwashed, the laughing stock, the butt of universal scorn and enmity and wrath and grace pride, and leadership, and light, and beacons shining in the west admired by both the old world and the third, safe hayden for the lauded claims in constitutions written fair on parchment years ago, when equality, fraternity and liberty were rocks core bedded in an earth emerging from a darker age, I do believe that we can spread our wings, take flight, Renounce the darkness of the marketplace, reach out across the ideologue's abyss. Embrace our longing to be kinder, I, and have more fun and garnish less the moneylender's nests, and touch and sing and breathe in relish of our new unfettered selves. Embrace the law in that we all agree that standard issue, kicking in our door, tapping phones, rendition, torture, waterboarding, and the rest, The random shooting down on London's underground of someone's nephew from Brazil, however scared the powers that be, are alien to our beliefs and so should be confined to memories of Hitler's Reich and, of course, to Uncle Joe's Gulag archipelagos. So are we babies that we need to be protected from ourselves that left unfettered, thrashing we might hurt ourselves, that they, the Cheneys, Putins, Bushes, Blairs, and all their spawn, and all their heirs, in all their ruinous, bankrupt, fearful crap, that they should somehow have to keep us at each other's throats, impotent, straight-jacketed, squabbling over dimes and groats, like infants in our swaddling clothes. Fuck them, enough. They've had their time, a new day dawns, and we will not be swaddled in their grime.
0: So that was something very interesting indeed, and I do believe that goes back to 2008, right before Obama was going to be the president. Something to think about. Yes, no one wants to wants the powers to um, the powers that be that are trying to bring forth. No one wants that. But the bottom line is, do something to take care of you and yours. Says no one is coming to save us we need to save ourselves we'll be discussing on our next episode the importance of healthy relationships versus continuing to endure those that may be toxic in our lives let's end this episode today as usual with our quote of the day today's quote is I have learned Things in the dark that I could never have learned in the light. Things that have saved my life over and over again, so that there is really only one logical conclusion. I need the darkness as much as I need the light. And that was by Barbara Brown Taylor. As we come to the end of the show today, it's always a pleasure. I hope that I've enticed your mind just a little bit. Maybe you're asking yourself a few new questions and maybe you've found a few answers to some. I'd love to hear your thoughts as to what you may have received out of the show today and what dark areas you'd like to explore going forward in future episodes. I am looking forward to diving deep into many more fascinating topics with you. And I look forward to bringing our audience some special guests now and again. We're getting close to that. Dissecting many fascinating human experiences. So thank you for checking in. And remember to tap that subscribe button on your way out so you don't miss a moment. Feel free to leave your comments, questions, suggestions. Find us on our home at podbean.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast fix on, and our website at tdsothc.com. And remember, if today has you feeling anxious, confused, triggered, or even a little weary, take a moment right now to quiet your mind, breathe, let all of the distractions go, embrace your mindfulness, focus your intentions on what you really want, clarify and let go of that which no longer serves you remember your determination is your power and your peace realize your true power and your true purpose as these brief and mindful moments can allow a new path to arise so till next time walk in the light on the dark side right here where your vibe attracts your tribe